You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Give Your Life Away podcast. We now come to the book of James in our study of the Epistle Project. As you know, I've mentioned before, I'm a believer that Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews. Uh, I wouldn't stake my life on that, but I lean that way. So if that's true, we are here now in September, and we're now just now getting to the first book written by someone other than Paul. We've gone from Romans to Hebrews, and now about two-thirds of the way through the year where we come to the book of James. So I hope you enjoy the study as we jump into his book. Uh, James 1, 1 through 18 is our text for today. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures." At first glance, it might appear that there are a number of subjects that James covers in these first 18 verses, and there are a number of subjects, but I'm of the belief that they are all related to trials in our life. I do not believe that James starts talking about trials, then goes abruptly to a different topic, that of wisdom, and then abruptly to discuss the rich and the poor. I believe that these are all linked together and help us understand how to handle trials the right way. Now, let me walk you through the way to think through a trial as outlined in verses 1 through 18. First, consider it joy because it's producing steadfastness. Consider it joy because it, the trial, is producing steadfastness. Now, you will never successfully navigate your trial if your number one goal is just to get out of that trial. It is implied here that the believer will want to become more steadfast. 
We're reminded here, aren't we, of Romans 5, where the believer rejoices in their trial because it's making them stronger and more hopeful. It's producing a character. So the New Testament authors, the Holy Spirit himself, believes that a believer will say, aha, this trial is an opportunity for me to be stronger, for me to be strengthened. And the New Testament authors believe that this will be something that encourages the New Testament believer. This is what should be true of us. When we come into a trial, while it may be hard and it may be uncomfortable and difficult, there should be a desire and a goal and an anticipation that I am going to be changed by this. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be more closely united to Christ. I'm going to look more like him. That is, after all, when a believer is thinking rightly, how they should be operating. So at the very beginning, when you're in a trial, the number one desire needs to be for maturity and strength, not just less pain. Second, ask the Lord to give you wisdom in the trial and believe that he will do it. Don't ask for wisdom assuming that you won't get it or it probably won't happen. But as one who has Christ dwelling in you, believe that he will grant you the wisdom you need to navigate this trial in the way that he would. So ask for wisdom. So when you come to a trial, first you know, I'm going to grow from this. He's going to teach me something. I'm going to be stronger because of this. And secondly, Lord, I need wisdom. And I totally believe that you are going to make me wise in this trial. You're going to do this for me. That's the way you think through the beginning stages of a trial. Third, if you are lowly, if you're a suffering believer, then boast in the fact that you will be rewarded by God. He says, let the, let's see, where is it right here? Um, there we go. Uh, but let him ask in faith, this is verse 6, verse 7, for that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything, from, that he will receive anything from the Lord. This is a double-minded man. And then he says in verse 9, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. The one who's low, the one who's brought low because of this trial, the one who feels low. Remember, you're still a child of God. You will be brought to a place one day of exaltation. The Lord will take care of that for you. So third, if you are lowly and a suffering believer, then boast of the fact that you'll be rewarded by God. Next, if you're a wealthy and prosperous believer, then humble yourself before God. If you're a wealthy believer, if you've got means and you're in a trial, humble yourself before God. Don't forget who you honestly are before God. Apart from Christ, you are nothing. Your life is a vapor just like anybody else's life. You have the time you have because of him. He talks about our life, being the, the, the life of the rich being just like everybody else's, and it fades like a flower, and the, the beauty of that flower goes away after time. So if you're a wealthy believer, if you've, got, if you've got means and you're in a trial, just remember who you really are before the Lord. You're going to live, you're going to die, and you ultimately need to trust in the Lord, not all that you have personally accomplished. You only have what you have because of him. So it's right thinking about where you're at as a person as it relates to God. So keep that in mind in your trial. Keep a proper perspective on who you are. Fourth, stay strong in your trial because you love your Lord. You'll be blessed in due time. There's a provision here. You're going to be rewarded in due time. So stay strong in your trial. There, there's a call to strength. Stay strong, believer, in your trial. In due time, you will be rewarded. You'll be rewarded by the one whom you love. Fifth, if you are in a trial where you find yourself giving in to sin, don't blame God. 
You can't say, God's making me sin. God's making me angry. God allowed this trial, so he's producing in me this sin. No, we never blame God for our sin. Sixth, and this is different, it's like the opposite of that. Sixth, rather than blaming God for anything, remember that any good thing you have is because he's given it. And here's where we come full circle from the beginning. We started by counting it as joy when we come into trials because it'll strengthen us. We finish, verse 18, and verse 17 and 18, we finish by realizing that every good thing we have is from God. If you're a Christian, even when you are in a trial, you have infinitely more blessings than you really deserve. So James wraps up this section on trials by giving praise to God for every good gift that we have. My prayer, my regular prayer as a pastor for my people and for you, the listener today here, is that you would think and worship and trust your way properly, biblically, through the trials that you face now and in the days to come. James is James is so gracious to give us reminders and even the way to think through a trial. And in my experience, when a Christian thinks, when a Christian has the number one priority to be just getting out of the trial, they, they do not get all that they can out of the trial. They don't enjoy a personal intimacy with God because the only thing that they can enjoy is being removed from the trial. They don't depend on his grace. They don't depend on his wisdom. They don't ask for wisdom. They just want it to be done. When you think rightly through a trial, you learn from it. You grow closer to God through it. And you realize who you are and all that you have. And you give praise to God through the trial. So the trial is a way to reshape your thinking. And James here reshapes our thinking. Praise be to the Lord. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.